return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, Jesus is in love with you. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your sweet presence in this house. So sweet. Lord, I thank you that yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. And I thank you for the immensity, Lord, of this plan, of the inheritance, everything that is ours in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us tonight to hear it, to, to see it, to grasp it, to receive it, and to live in it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing on our declarations. Probably have to have a part two or a part three. There's just a whole bunch to say on this subject. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. I will give you, this is Jesus talking, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Passion Bible puts it like this. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven. We have that right, friends. And to release on earth that which has already been released in heaven. We're talking about all the good things of the kingdom. Peace, joy, goodness, supernatural power, health, protection, prosperity. I mean, it's so much fun to come to church to read the word because I keep finding new stuff. It's so exciting. So, um, goodness, I should have studied my notes a little bit better. I will give you the keys to these good things, Jesus said. Are we still here? Yes, to forbid that which has been forbidden in heaven and release on earth. So we've been talking about this for weeks now, releasing God's intentions on the earth into our very lives. Releasing God's intentions with our words, friends. With our words, very powerful carriers of faith or carriers of fear. But we're going to be carriers. We're going to make sure our words are carriers of faith. And specifically, we want to start speaking God's words, which are spirit, they are life. And guess what Isaiah 55, 11 says? Never will they return void or empty. Always there's going to be some result. So this entire subject, a lifestyle really, a lifestyle really of declarations. Have you started doing it? Getting brave? All right. Um, Declarations are simply faith statements. Faith statements. What is true? What is kingdom reality? What is yours and mine as a covenant child of the Most High God? Now, a whole lot of these promises, these statements of faith, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of them we're not exactly experiencing at a 100% level yet. 
Does that mean we don't say them? No, because they're faith statements. We want to be building up our faith. I mean, there are folks who say, no, I'm not going to say anything that isn't absolutely authentic and real. Well, then I have to say to you, what do you do about worshiping? What do you do when you don't exactly feel like worshiping? Do you just, mm, not doing it? Well, that'd be a stupid way to live. Pardon my... Because you're going to miss out on all those blessings that are just for the praisers and the worshipers. What if it's time to read your Bible? Well, hopefully you've got a time set aside. I don't feel like it today. No, you don't close it and not read it because we want to be transformed. We want to be changed. We want to know what God has to say about things. So, yes, we are going to make declarations, even if we don't feel like it, even if it's not all exactly happening in our life right now. Joyce Myers tells them how the Lord, I just heard this testimony this week. She said when she first got started, the Lord gave her all this scripture, specifically 10 of them that were said, this is what's going to happen in your life. And she says, uh, you know, like one of them included talking in front of thousands of people as a woman. I mean, in years ago, that was unheard of, friends. And the Lord said, now make them into declarations and speak them two times every day, even if she wasn't seeing it, even if it wasn't in, um, what do we call, physical reality at this point. But within 10 years, every one of those was coming true. I told you my simple story of declaring I was a mother. Even when all the reports, the doctor's report, all said it's not going to happen. It's impossible. But I kept it up and I trusted. It was an act of faith. Same with our finances. I can tell you, when I was declaring, Lord, I just praise you that every need is met. Every need is met. We're prospering according to his riches and glory. It wasn't exactly looking like that in the bank account at the time. Same with my health. For all of us, friends, that gap between what is kingdom reality, what God says is mine and yours, and what is really occurring and what we're experiencing in our life right now, that gap is called faith. Faith is the substance, Hebrews 11.1, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can we look at at the Amplified? This is amazing. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. Proof of what you don't see. What? It's in the spirit realm, friends. It's the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Oh, my goodness. This is really something. Perceiving as real fact. That's what a declaration is, friends. Perceiving as reality that which is not seen, not heard, not experienced, right as of yet. As of yet. But we declare God's promises in faith. When we prophesy God's words, that's what a declaration is. When we speak God's words that are spirit and they are life, we're agreeing with God. We're calling into being, remember Romans 4.17, that which God's always intended. 
You don't have to ever pray, well, Lord, if it's your will, please heal me. You don't have to, because it's all over the word of God that it's his will. We'll be kind of looking at some of that tonight. So we're at this business of renewing our minds to what God says, to what God thinks, to what God intends. And I'm telling you, God is an intentional God. He's not up there thinking, huh, I wonder, has Alex been good this week? Hmm. Should I do that for him or not? No, he's already intended. Oh, I had a person call, uh, text me this week. How do I explain this? Anyway, she was in big, big trouble. And she said, please, I got a favorite ask. Please, please, please. And so I said to her, now listen, I want you to pretend Jesus is right in front of you. What would he say to you? Well, I think he'd say he loved me. I think he'd want me to be free. I said, yes, just declare it. I am free in Jesus' name. Now, God has made it clear in the scriptures what his intentions are. And if we'll search for them, like any good prospector would, I had to skip a few verses here because I always run out of time. But we are going to peek at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Pastor Davis shared this many times with us. This is from the complete Jewish Bible. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no one's heart has ever imagined all, all the things that God has prepared for you. I mean, it cannot enter into your own brain, your imagination. Anybody with a wild imagination in here? It cannot enter into the wildest imagination what God already has in store for you. And then let's go to verse 10. We're going to read this from the New King James. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, you, your word is settled in heaven. Again, God doesn't have to wonder, well, what should I do this week? 2021, well, we just got through with COVID. Maybe God's thinking, oh, things have changed. No. Forever, O Lord, it's settled in heaven. Psalm 89.34, the New Living Testament. This is God speaking. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. So, the truth is, it's up to you and I. What are we going to release with our words? Because words are containers. Like I said before, they carry faith or they carry fear. They release life or they release death. Do you realize that both kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, both kingdoms need our words to accomplish their purpose. And we want to participate with God in bringing the kingdom of heaven onto the earth and specifically into our own lives. So there is such an immensity to this inheritance that we have in Christ. Like I said before, there's all these fun surprises like, For years, I was thrilled with Isaiah, not Isaiah, Ephesians 1, is it verse, where it says we're accepted in the beloved. You familiar with that verse? Okay, now I dealt for years, big time, with rejection. Nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. On and on and on. Then I found this verse. I'm accepted. So I was just kind of happy with that for years and years, and then... 
I found that new verse I shared with you a couple months ago where that verse, um, that word in the Greek, accepted in the beloved, is actually the same word that the angel used to Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel said, Hail, thou highly favored one. So now I'm thinking, what? I'm not just accepted. I'm highly favored. Now you need to put that on your mirror, every one of you. Try that in the morning. I'm highly favored. And then, you know what it was like when we first found out that our sins were forgiven? Ah, God took this eraser, wiped them out. But then we find it's more than that. He actually imputed to us his righteousness. So not only when he looks at my record does he see, okay, that sin's gone, that sin's gone. He looks and sees she's righteous with Christ's righteousness. Why wouldn't anyone, everyone want to become a child of God, right? Why wouldn't anyone want to say yes to Jesus? Say it with me, friends. Jesus, I invite you to be Lord over my life. Take over lordship. In Jesus' name. So, friends, if you've ever studied this word saved in the New Testament, it reveals a little bit what I'm talking about. And that's what I meant. I thought I was going to get to all these declarations, but I got stuck on this special word in the New Testament. So we're going to do a little study tonight. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yes. We're going to dig in just a little bit. Okay, we're going to start in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. This word saved in the New Testament, friends, in the Greek is the word sozo, and it shows up 100 times in the New Testament. You're very, hopefully, very familiar with this verse. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, those are the only two qualifications. Believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will be sozoed, S-O-Z-O, saved. So when you study this context, and, and we all have heard this for years, so we all know what that means. It means your sins are forgiven. It means we've been gifted with eternal life. It means we've been delivered from the wrath of God, the judgment of God. <clears throat> Excuse me, but that word has a few more meanings to it. So let's dig in, shall we? Uh, let's look at Luke chapter 8, verse 35 and 36, and we're going to read... I won't read the whole story, but this is from the New Living Testament. This is the story of the Gadarene, the man who was living in the cemetery, cutting himself, breaking chains. We sang that song tonight. Glory to God. But this man was a wreck. And uh, when Jesus came, with one word he cast out, the Bible says, a legion of demons. Now, a Roman legion was anywhere from... Four to 6,000 soldiers. So this man was exceedingly oppressed and tormented by these demons. <clears throat> so in verse 35, people rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Like, what the world? How'd this happen? Verse 36, then those who had seen what happened told all the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. 
That's the word sozo, right there, healed. So not only are we talking about forgiveness of sins, deliverance from the wrath of God and the judgment of God, not only are we talking about eternal life, but we are talking about being freed from demonic oppression. Now, in a crowd like this, there's got to be one or two at least. I mean, if we're honest, there are sometimes voices shouting at you in the middle of the night. Things harassing you. I want you to know right here and now, if you are in Christ, you are free. And you can just start declaring it. Listen, I am so-so'd. I am free. I am not going to be oppressed any longer. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know about you, but this thrills my heart. That God would put together a package like this for his children. Colossians speaks of deliverance out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. There's a verse in the Old Testament, too. Can we look at Isaiah chapter 54, 14? So this isn't just a one verse in the whole Bible. Look at this. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Far. There's another good declaration right there for you. I am far from oppression. And it has to do with righteousness, friends. And I just shared with you before, we are made the righteousness of God in Christ. And I think I gave you that verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made Jesus to be sin. He took all the sin of the entire world on him. He knew no sin in in his spirit, man. He didn't have that old sin nature like you and I. But he did take on flesh. And then he died. And he made us the righteousness of God in Christ. So, let's keep up with the so-so study. Ready for another verse? Matthew chapter 9, verse 21 and 22. New American Standard Bible. This is the story we all love about the woman with the issue of blood. How many years? Anybody remember? Twelve years. She went to every doctor, every place she could think of to try to get well, nothing worked at all. In that day, if you had this bleeding issue, you were ostracized from society. She couldn't be out and amongst. She couldn't relate to other people. I mean, it's a lonely, lonely life. Are we missing that scripture? You'll get there, I'm sure. I have faith. Okay, so she heard Jesus was coming to town. And Matthew 9.21 is kind of fun because she was making a declaration. Imagine that. She was making a declaration of faith that went like this. If I only touch his garment. And she said it again and again. By the way, declarations, you can't just say it one time. If you expect your faith to be built up, you've got to say it again and again and again and again. And she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment. Now, she manages somehow to touch him amongst this crowd. Like, how did she do it? Was she crawling on her hands and knees? She must have been to grab the hem of his garment. And Dr. Luke, in his rendition of the story, he says that as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, the bleeding stopped. And Jesus stopped everything because he wanted to acknowledge her faith. If I only touch his cloak. Now, you've got to notice this because this so-so word shows up three times in these little verses. 
She was saying, I will get well. I will be so soaked. The woman had faith, huh? Verse 22, but Jesus turning and seeing her said, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. It's your faith that so-so'd you, Jesus said. And then, at once, the woman was made well. So-so'd. Glory to God. So this marvelous word, friends, so-so, means to be rescued. I'm now kind of given some words from Strong's Concordance. It means rescued, delivered from sin and the bondage of sin, from the judgment, from the wrath of God, from hell, from the second death. But there's even more. It means like we saw right here in this passage. Somebody tell me, what does so-so mean here? Physically well. We're talking about physical wholeness right here. But it also means to be rescued from great danger. Here's one in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. This is the fun story of Peter walking on water. Anybody done that lately? It's kind of an amazing story, really. Jesus helps him out. But why did he start sinking? Because he got a little distracted. I understand that Levi preached on this a couple weeks ago. Did Levi leave us? Anyway, he's beginning to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me or so so me. This is the word so-so right here. Wow. I mean, anybody, you ever need rescuing? Things ever get a little scary? It's yours, friends, in Jesus. Protection. Rescuing. Now, Rick Renner, in his book, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, he explains that so-so means to be delivered, to be rescued, to be salvaged. Ooh, anybody? To be protected. In fact, he quotes an expositor as saying that so-so can depict a person on the verge of death, but then revived and resuscitated, all because new life was breathed into him. Listen, friends, in Christ, that's one of the things we have. Did you get what that was just said here? You can make a declaration like that. I've been resuscitated. I've been revived. I got new life surging through my bones. Let's try that one. I've got new life surging through my bones. Amen. Thank you. Somebody believes it. <laughs> All right. Can we go a little further? Because I'm in Christ, say that. I'm forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, I'm free from demonic oppression. I've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I've been rescued. No longer does death reign in me. Life surges through my bones. Praise God. All right, we got another one here. Now, Rick Renner in his book again, and you know, you, some of you have that book, so you know you can go to the, what's that called in the back? Not table of contents. Glossary? I don't know, way in the back. <laughs> so I look up the word so-so, 
and he's got three different references. Okay, so here's another one from a first Tim, Second Timothy 1.7, and my kids in the back have been memorizing this, so this was kind of cool. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of and a sound mind. Friends, that is a compound word, sound mind, which is, guess what? So-and-so. So-and-so phronio. Say that with me. I have a so-and-so phronio. I have a sound mind. Can you believe this is included in our package in Christ, friends? A sound mind. And Spronio has to do with your intelligence. It has to do with your frame of thinking, including your rationale, your logic, your emotions. It includes the function by which one comes to conclusions. We have that in Christ. Hallelujah. And we got another verse. Isaiah chapter... 53. So we're going to go to the Old Testament. There's three verses here that we're just going to kind of zero in here for a couple minutes. Something else that we have in Christ. This is 750 years before Jesus was ever born, friends. It's an amazing thing that God gave this picture to Isaiah. I forgot to tell you now that chapter 53, the Jewish people, you know how they keep reading a little bit of um, Isaiah and all these different books every Sabbath. They will never read Isaiah 53. It's been eliminated in all the Jewish synagogues because it's so obviously about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So obviously. So here it is. He is despised. He's rejected of men. He literally saw this. And notice the present tense. He is despised. So he saw this all while Jesus was going through those last hours of his life. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, what I want to talk about for a second is this phrase, carried our sorrows. Because it all was on Jesus. And I think I talked to you about that a little bit before when we said we don't have to be victims. Because Jesus was. He took it all on himself. And this little verse here, he carried all our sorrows. It's not just our grief. It's way deeper than that. Jesus carried all your trauma. Anybody ever been in a car accident? I mean, and you don't have to answer, but if you've ever been raped, if you've ever been assaulted, if you've ever been um, any of those ugly abuse things that go on, Jesus took all that on himself. Every disappointment, every betrayal, every lie. I mean, have you ever, I know every one of you have gone through something like that where it just hurts so deeply. Jesus, the Bible said, carried our sorrows in the Hebrew. That means he actually took it to a far, far, far distance and dropped it, left it. (laughs) So we don't have to be carrying it, in other words. So what I'm telling you is that emotional wholeness is also part of the package. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. He is despised. He's rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And then if you go to verse 4, you'll see that word again. Surely he hath borne our griefs. Now what you need to know is that this Hebrew word, every other time it's used in the Old Testament, refers to pain, 
sickness, and disease. And notice that he also uses this little phrase. Well, here's verse 5. This was one of the nicest, the nicest and a good word, but when I first learned this verse in a, in a song, I just sing that a lot because it's so powerful. He was wounded for our transgressions. By the way, any Bible verse to music is ideal. Amen. It's a perfect way to start declaring it. That's why some, something happens in worship because when we sing it, over and over, sometimes by the tenth time, like, duh, that must be true. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of clicks, you know. All right, here's verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Another version says the punishment of our well-being. Now, Peter in the New Testament also speaks of this in First Peter 2.24. And we're going to read it from the basic Bible in English. He took our sins on himself, giving his body to be nailed on the tree. Why? So that we could be dead to sin, so we could live this new life in righteousness. And you have to underline that big and. It's also included in our salvation package. By his wounds we have been made well. I don't know if you noticed, but Isaiah put it in present tense. You are healed. Peter puts it in past tense. We have been made well. Yes, hallelujah. One more verse. 3 John chapter 2. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. 3 John, there's no chapters. Verse 2 says, now I, I read this in a devotional once and it kind of blew me away because we usually read like, beloved, I wish above all things. And we just think, well, yeah, that's what he wrote in his letter to this friend. But what if, what if we acted like, listen to this, as if God was talking to us? What if we heard it like that? Like, beloved Miriam, my beloved daughter, I wish above all things, about everything in the entire world, my wish is for you to prosper, for you to be in health, for you to be well. Even as your soul prospers. Wow, 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 wow. You don't have to wonder if it's God's will, friends. And I just want to urge you a couple little things here at the end. Don't be Miss Proper or Mr. Proper when you're making your declarations. Don't think to yourself, well, I have to be careful here that I don't offend anybody. No. I I want to encourage you to go high and go strong. Like, if Jesus was standing right here, would he say something like, don't worry, I know you'll be better next week. That's not going to come out of Jesus' mouth. Uh -uh, uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. Exactly, he'd say, you're well. Walk away. Take up your mat and go home. Or would he say something like, sorry, Pastor Dave, this is just your lot in life. (laughs) No, he's not going to say that, friends. Or how about this one? Someday you'll be free. Exactly. Or how about this one? Albert, just hang on. Just hang on. A couple more weeks, a couple more months, maybe a couple more years. I got some more things I got to teach you. No, 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 no. You got the wrong Jesus if you're hearing that. Because our Jesus would say, be healed 
In Jesus' name. Stand up and walk. Let's stand up here, friends. So I just got three declarations for you. Ready? By his stripes, I am healed. I'm free from the law of sin and death. The law of life in Christ Jesus rules in me. So I triumph over sin. I triumph over sickness. And I triumph over pain. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you glory. We give you glory. We praise you that healing is ours in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, you're walking the aisles. The angels of God are releasing wellness, releasing strength, imparting power to believe and power to receive. In Jesus' name, thank you for this strong people and this people that is getting stronger and believing God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, when you make your declarations, you're going to go strong, you're going to go high, and then attach faith to those declarations. In Jesus' name, praise God. Have a great week. What? Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.